One of the things that today's text says is let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. So I don't have a lot of words for today. The words will uh, have to rest for today, and action will happen today in the form of a keyboard duet, and let that speak for us. But I do have just a couple of words. Um, we are in the middle of a sermon series uh, using the letter First John to talk about what it means to be beloved community. And uh, Mark, when he said this was his, this would be his last Sunday, and he had this idea about this uh, piece, a suite for piano and organ, about the whole world being in the hands of God. We thought that's perfect. We won't have to use words because that's not exactly how we always, is not always the best way to show love. But for our uh, people that are viewing online, I wanted to read for you the musical notes that are printed in this uh, handout that we have today because I think it will help you to listen to that part of the sermon and song. Scripture often uses imagery to help us understand the biblical message of God's presence in the world, that the world is indeed in God's hands. The music in the suite for duo keyboards carries this same message. Through the musical imagery of tonal combinations, melodic lines, harmonic structures, and rhythmic patterns, you can hear the sweet tenderness of God's love with the tiny baby, God's consistency and call for service driving our busy lives, God's strength and fury expressed by thunder and lightning, God's support and courage in times of sorrow, and ultimately God's expansive, expansive and never-ceasing love for the whole wide world. Our text for today. We know love by this that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and we'll reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and God knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we receive from God whatever we ask because we obey God's commandments and do what pleases God. And this is God's commandment, that we should believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey God's commandments and abide in God, and God abides in them. And by this we know that God abides in us by the Spirit that has been given to us. You've heard the ancient story. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love.
But will they? Really? This first letter of John describes what beloved community looks like and acts like, not by what they have to say, but by the truth they live and the way they act. The author insists that real love shows itself in action, whether it's laying down our lives or handing over our stuff. We say, that, we say those kinds of things so much in churchy settings that it's almost cliche now. But that is how real love works. Words are hollow and meaningless without some action to go along with the words we claim. Would you give your very life for your parents, for your partner, for your children? Would you give whatever you have if your parents were in need, if your partner was in need, if your children were in need? How far out does that circle of love go for you? How many rings are there in your sphere of love? How far-reaching is your generosity, and for whom will you deny yourself for the sake of another? I would like to think we would do that for one another here, in this place, in this circle of beloved community that we could be a beloved community of trust and care, a beloved community that sees the need and steps up to do whatever that exact need is, a beloved community that goes beyond the call to do love, show love, give love, be love, and not just talk about love. Love is something that we do and not just something that we say. Today, Mark and Glenda, on Mark's last Sunday at the Oregon bench, will offer us love by their gifts and talents. We won't have to have words to hear it. They will remind us that God has us, God holds us, God's got us. And if God loves us this way, then our calling as beloved community is to have and hold the whole world in our hands as representatives of God. As recipients of God's love, we, in turn, love the world by carrying the world with God so that God does not act alone. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Will they? Really?
I'm not even sure we need more words after that beautiful time of worship with Mark's music this morning. But let us pray together um, the words from Werner Ramirez, who is an associate minister in New York City at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Let's pray together. Holy and loving God, we come to you today with the prayers of the heartbroken, the hopeful, and everyone in between. We thank you that you know us, you love us, and you meet each of us where we are at. We ask that you bring comfort, hope, and healing to the heartbroken. God, hold our fragile hearts as many hurt from medical conditions, loss of loved ones, traumatic news, loss of employment, loneliness, hurt words, and many other things that bring pain. Repair and restore our hearts. Return to us the joy of your salvation so that our mourning can turn into dancing once again. We thank you that we see signs of hope and an end to this pandemic that has burdened, harmed, and taken away many of our siblings. We continue to grieve loss, and as spring is blooming, so are signs of hope. God, grant us patience and wise discernment as we continue to navigate existing in the pandemic so that our social and economic needs can be met, but we also do our best to help keep people safe. God of justice and grace, as many process the verdict of the high-profile case, the murder of George Floyd, we continue to pray. We pray for healing and comfort for the continued grief of family and friends of George Floyd, especially as the trauma of losing their loved one was and is constantly on display. We pray for those that live between the tension of feeling re relief for the accountability of the verdict and the burden of more work to be done. We want, need, and ask for violence to cease and for all people to be treated justly and with dignity. God, if we're honest, this is tough and exhausting work. We want to see a light at the end of the tunnel, yet mass shootings and tragic deaths of teenagers like Micaiah Bryant and other people whose names we do not know continue to happen in our country and world. We ask if it will ever end. May the pain not break us. Give us the tools to do what you require of us, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. As we walk with you, remind us that you walk with us. We are not alone. We hope because you are with us. May we feel your embrace and comfort as we navigate the troubling waters of this world. We ask for reminders that spark joy in our lives. From the things we eat to the things we hear, give us reminders that you are not done working in this world and that redemption and resurrection are at work. We trust in this and the unfailing love of your Son. Amen.
I'm not even sure we need more words after that beautiful time of worship with Mark's music this morning. But let us pray together um, the words from Werner Ramirez, who is an associate minister in New York City at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Let's pray together. Holy and loving God, we come to you today with the prayers of the heartbroken, the hopeful, and everyone in between. We thank you that you know us, you love us, and you meet each of us where we are at. We ask that you bring comfort, hope, and healing to the heartbroken. God, hold our fragile hearts as many hurt from medical conditions, loss of loved ones, traumatic news, loss of employment, loneliness, hurt words, and many other things that bring pain. Repair and restore our hearts. Return to us the joy of your salvation so that our mourning can turn into dancing once again. We thank you that we see signs of hope and an end to this pandemic that has burdened, harmed, and taken away many of our siblings. We continue to grieve loss, and as spring is blooming, so are signs of hope. God, grant us patience and wise discernment as we continue to navigate existing in the pandemic so that our social and economic needs can be met, but we also do our best to help keep people safe. God of justice and grace, as many process the verdict of the high-profile case, the murder of George Floyd, we continue to pray. We pray for healing and comfort for the continued grief of family and friends of George Floyd, especially as the trauma of losing their loved one was and is constantly on display. We pray for those that live between the tension of feeling re relief for the accountability of the verdict and the burden of more work to be done. We want, need, and ask for violence to cease and for all people to be treated justly and with dignity. God, if we're honest, this is tough and exhausting work. We want to see a light at the end of the tunnel, yet mass shootings and tragic deaths of teenagers like Micaiah Bryant and other people whose names we do not know continue to happen in our country and world. We ask if it will ever end. May the pain not break us. Give us the tools to do what you require of us, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. As we walk with you, remind us that you walk with us. We are not alone. We hope because you are with us. May we feel your embrace and comfort as we navigate the troubling waters of this world. We ask for reminders that spark joy in our lives. From the things we eat to the things we hear, give us reminders that you are not done working in this world and that redemption and resurrection are at work. We trust in this and the unfailing love of your Son. Amen.